0: Welcome to the Amy Williams Show. I'm your host, Amy Williams, and I am so excited that you're here listening to the show today. My hope and my prayer is that you find the strength and the comfort in knowing whatever you may be facing in your life right now, that you are not alone. Here on The Amy Williams Show, I'm all about being transparent in my personal struggles, my successes, and I pray that each episode brings you the motivation to keep moving forward. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Amy Williams Show. I am your host, Amy Williams, and I am super honored and excited to introduce our special featured guest today. Her name is Rachel Bailey, and she is a parenting specialist who has been serving families for over a decade. Besides being a mother of two, she also has a master's degree in clinical psychology, a certification in positive discipline, and has provided services as an ADHD coach, An in-home mentor and therapist. Currently, Rachel teaches parents practical long-term tools for raising responsible, resilient, competent children while reducing the stress and guilt in parents' lives. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes. I'm, you know, I feel like we have been in touch and we had this scheduled quite a while ago. So it's kind of timely with everything going on. We talk about parenting. Um, cause I feel like right now with everything, uh, the, the world of parenting has completely changed for, uh, the majority of us moms right now. Absolutely. Yes. As if there weren't enough pressure before. Now there's yes. just a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And, and I'm seeing some of my friends are having a lot of like assigned homework from teachers and also now that, you know, having to homeschool and that's something they've never done before. Uh, we don't thankfully have any assigned homework, just like here's some resources to help you along the way. Um, so that pressure is not on me, but I would love to just hear more about you and um, your family dynamic and what's going on in your world. Um, and you're in Virginia, right? Yep. I'm in Virginia, Northern Virginia, outside of Washington, D.C. Okay. So you guys, we were talking before I hit the record button. You guys are a little bit ahead of us in the school closure um you guys are done for the year
1: we are officially done for the year they told us last week and this was the first week where they're actually learning online distance learning is officially happening
0: oh that's crazy
1: it is and i think it was crazy for the teachers too honestly because they had to relearn how to teach online you know it's just it's all brand new how they how they present the information to the kids
0: yeah it's new for everybody so Mm -hmm. hopefully everyone's loading super amounts of grace out to all and to themselves because it's, it's new for everyone. That's the key. I hope we're all, we're extending grace to
1: ourselves. I find a lot of parents are putting, we're putting more pressure on ourselves instead of saying like, okay, things have shifted. Maybe I shift my expectations. It's like, we've increased our expectations of ourselves. Mm -hmm. We need to shift them and not put so much pressure on ourselves at this
0: time. Yeah, that's that's crucial. It's easier said than done.
1: (laughs) Very, very, very true. But that's why I'm here. I'm trying to help with that. Mm
0: -hmm. All right. So tell us about
1: you. You've got two kids. I have two daughters who are in first and fourth grade. Um, Mm -hmm. And I live with my husband and my kids. And um, my daughters are, it's funny, they're so opposite, which I know is so common. But I have one daughter who sort of mm, allows me to do the job that I do because she tests me a lot. My other daughter, I think if I had just had her, I'd be like, what are you all talking about? Parenting is so easy. But then I have my other one that makes me realize, no, it really isn't with certain kids. So that's sort of the
0: dynamic in my house. Uh, Um, I can relate to that. Yes. I think most of us can. It's funny. Um, Our first two are only 18 months apart because my oldest, my daughter, Amara, she she was an easy baby. She was a sleeper. She was sleeping super early, long stretches. And I was like... (sighs) At this yes <laughs> and then came Eli and I was like oh my word yeah absolutely. I mean I love him dearly and he's my snuggle monster and oh, yeah. he's amazing but he is totally different yeah and way more difficult
1: absolutely um, and often the difficult wow. ones are the snuggle monsters and it, usually they like feel everything or they do everything strongly nothing halfway and so that results in the love and the snuggles but the everything else too yeah it's it's everything's extreme uh-huh yep And that's actually, I would say 80 to 90% of the parents I work with because I specialize in, in both discipline and helping parents whose kids have strong emotions and strong behaviors. So it's a lot of the parents I help. Yeah.
0: Well, hopefully I can learn a thing or two from you while we're talking. I I hope so. I would love it. All right. So um, one of the questions I have for you um, and one of the things that stuck out to me was just how do you parent well? Parent well while you are exhausted.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I think part of it is changing our expectations for ourselves. But another really more practical part of this is I think, um, you know, non-pandemic times, I think parenting in the moment is particularly exhausting. So if you're already an exhausted parent, there's so many tweaks you can actually make proactively to parent more effectively that takes so much less energy. And I know when I initially introduced this concept to parents, they're like, Rachel, I don't have any extra time. What are you talking about doing things proactively? The reality is if you do make these small tweaks ahead of time, you really do save so much time and energy. And I have so many emails from parents saying, I did not believe you at first. I was so resistant. And it is amazing how much less tiring parenting is now.
0: Oh, yes. 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 So that's the, um, first,
1: that's the basic thing about, about parenting when you are exhausted. I also think there's a piece of it, too, that has to do with who we are as parents, like the, the pressure we put on ourselves, the um, lack of boundaries that many many of us have that also increase our exhaustion. So really when I'm working with parents, I'm looking at those variables. Like what are your expectations? Are you parenting too much in the moment? Um, without really understanding why your kids are doing what they're doing. And what is the level of, I call it yuck. What's the level of sort of um, tension in your life too? Cause that will also be exhausting. And I help parents reduce that as well.
0: I think that's so important because especially right now with, if you spend so much time on, on social media, and that's all you're seeing is all the anxiety and fear and that's going to pour out. It's, it's, it does. That's what all you're seeing and all you're listening to and reading about, like, it's just, it's going to come out. Like, I know that a, a few days ago, I just was like, okay, I have to put it down. I can't read another story or be fearful of another thing. I, I went outside for hours and just played and had fun. And it was like the best day we've had. So I was like, absolutely. I
1: just, and you really ah. do. One another piece of practical advice I'm giving everyone during this time, although it's true all the time, is number one, cut off the tap. You cannot let it, you cannot read social media all the time or watch the news all the time. But number two is the more you act consistently with your values, the more you're out with nature, the more you're with your family, the more you do things that matter to you, the more you reduce your anxiety and the more you reduce that negativity. What we're doing is we're getting sucked into the fear rather than saying, okay. I can actually take action that's aligned with who I am. That's when things change. Mm. So that's actually what I'm having a lot of my clients do. Like figure out what are your values? What are the actions that align with that? Go do that. And you will find you feel so much better. And then you can you can have more patience for your kids.
0: Absolutely. And it's really important to take
1: care of yourself. Oh. Really important. It's so cliche, but it's so important. <laughs> Although I distinguish between self-care and self-treatment because I feel like sometimes our bubble baths and manicures. That's really self-care. They don't make up if we're constantly treating ourselves poorly on a minute to minute and day to day basis. So yeah, all of that is super, it's, it's cliche, but it, it, it's a cliche for a reason. Like we, we have to, we have to take care of ourselves. Yeah.
0: yeah. Cause our kids yeah. feel it when we don't. Yeah, absolutely. So when you say, um, parenting in the moment, mm-hmm. that's what's your, your differences you have in the moment and what ahead of being proactive and ahead of time. Can you kind of like dive into that a little bit? Totally. So
1: let me give you a really practical example. Cause that's what I am all about is practical tools and examples. So let's say mm-hmm. you ask your child to clean up, um, you know, clean up the toys in the family room. Like you've had a weekend. It's, it's, you know, your family room is a mess and you want them to clean up. So what usually happens is we ask our kids to clean, they start and then they get really distracted and then we come in after they're already distracted and we yell at them. And we say, I asked you to clean. It goes on negative. Um, you know, we get, they get upset because we're upset and it goes downhill. And the cleaning takes so long. It eventually happens, but it takes so long. One of the things that I teach parents is that there are specific reasons kids don't do things like clean. And one of the main reasons specifically related to cleaning is that kids' brains aren't actually wired to clean. Kids' brains are wired for stimulation novelty and engagement. That's the way their brains are. And this has nothing to do with ADHD because I'm actually an ADHD, ADHD expert. This is neurotypical kids too. So that's the way their brains are wired. So you ask your kids to clean and what happens in their brains, and this is totally normal, is that they start to clean, but then they get distracted by maybe, oh, there's a toy on the floor. I haven't played with that in a while. Or they can even get distracted by the thoughts in their minds. Like, oh, I wonder what we're doing later. And so they're getting distracted and that's why they stop cleaning. And so we come in and we don't address the reason for their behavior. We just come in in the moment, we react to it really negatively. Whereas if we could teach them proactively how to actually stay on task, which is not very hard to do, then we don't have to deal with that situation over and over and over in the moment. And we simply reduce or eliminate the problem to begin with. So that's why I say it saves so much energy because you take 15 minutes to teach your kids how to stay on task. And then all of a sudden you're not dealing with that, you know, hours and hours of power struggles. So that's an example of what I mean. I feel like you've been in my house or something. <laughs> well, you know, it's just so common, honestly, this is what happens. Cause I, I do understand children and the brain super duper well. So I, I, I really do know what happens in homes.
0: But yeah, I mean, I think you hit it right on cause it's like, okay. So, and some days they're great. And yeah. some days it's like, what just happened? Totally. Yeah. I was like this. Okay. Um, and I'll tell them like you know what, tomorrow we're gonna have a better day. Yeah. I just I am like I'm not gonna have the fight. I don't want to get in that. Like I don't want to be drawn to that mom. Yeah. And start yelling and arguing because I've been there too many times. I'm like I'm I'm done doing that. Yeah. Like, right. I'm just not gonna clean that up today. <laughs> like, yeah. That, that, and that's honestly even. that's a great way to approach it to
1: maintain your relationship over you know the the p- power struggles. Your relationship ultimately is more important. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it is possible to actually be firm so they don't think they can get away with it. Because I know so many parents are worried about that. Oh, I'll let my kids get away with it. We can be firm and and still maintain our relationship when we teach them these tools. And then they know that they have to do it. And they know how to do it. That's the thing. Kids don't know how to do as much as we think because they're physically able to does not mean they're developmentally or cognitively able to. Because Mm -hmm. the mature, responsible part of our brain doesn't fully develop till the mid twenties. So even if you have an 18 year old, yeah, right. That doesn't mean we (laughs) expect them to be immature and responsible, but it means we have to
0: teach them how to do these things. They don't naturally know how. That's so funny. I I know nobody can see my face while we're talking, but I was like when you said 20 and I was like, oh my word. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I knew that, but like to hear it again is like, oh man, that's it's it's a it's a good reminder because yeah. I know for for me I have high expectations of my children for their behavior and their helping hand and you know teaching them to be responsible not just for you know the chores and picking up but just being responsible about their mouth and their actions and their words and how they're hurting others with what they say um, and now I mean it's like man we have no break from each other and and it's frustrating i mean they're the the older two they're only 18 months apart and then we've got the bonus one who's 18 months so you know it's there's a a little bit of gap there but with the oldest two i mean they're like fire and ice you know it's it's totally
1: something and i get along great
0: and then all of a sudden they're like i'm like what's happening today what's different And it's really
1: okay to have those high expectations. It's it's wonderful to have those high expectations for kids, to expect them to be respectful and responsible Mm -hmm. and treat each other well. It's just that we have to teach them because a lot of the disrespect comes from their inability to regulate their emotions. So they're in a bad place and they take, I call this yuck, any type of discomfort, like they're angry. And they take that yuck and they turn it out on their sibling. And that's totally normal. But when we teach them, how to actually regulate their emotions without turning it out on other people, all of a sudden the behavior changes. Mm. So we can have these expectations and we should because ultimately that leads to resilience and self-esteem. It's just that when we expect them to be able to do it without helping them, that's where we go into yuck and they go into yuck and all of this, you know, these, these It's is all yuck. <laughs> it is, totally. It's, it totally is. And most families I help, they're in this cycle. of Everybody's stuck in yuck.
0: Yep. Oh, and that's not a good place to be. No, it's not. No, that's no fun for anybody.
1: So one of the examples of yuck that I see in a lot of families is where, um, for a lot of different reasons, a variety of reasons, we as parents may not have boundaries with our kids. Often it's because we don't want to deal with the discomfort that comes when we set boundaries, our kids having their negative responses. But what happens when we don't set boundaries is that a specific type of yuck arises, and that is resentment. And it's interesting that resentment is one of the only human emotions that can be tied directly back to something. And what is tied directly back to almost always is a lack of boundaries. So a lot of us as parents are feeling resentment towards our kids because they're not doing enough around the house, but we're also not setting those firm boundaries. Or we're resentful toward our spouse for whatever reason, but we're also not setting those firm boundaries. So this is a concept of yuck that comes up over and over when I talk to parents.
0: Oh, and I think that's I mean it's so easy. It's so easy to go, oh, uh uh-huh. Yep. I resent you, but in that resentment, it's my fault. So now I'm mad at myself and resenting myself. It's a cycle. This is a circle. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) And on the on the flip side, we could say instead of being
1: mad at myself, there's something I can do about it. I can take action and I can um actually what I teach parents to do, because I think it's really hard to set boundaries and there is it is uncomfortable. So I actually teach parents how to set boundaries and deal with the discomfort that arises. That's what stops everybody. It's like, Oh sure. I can set a boundary, but then I feel guilty and awful. And, but if you can actually work through that guilt and awful on the other side of that is the, you know, the, the freedom honestly, and the lack of resentment.
0: Oh yeah. So what would you say would be like, what are the uh, boundaries that is like um, you must set? like this is a non-negotiable.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's really any, any expectation. Well, anything that you feel like you're doing too much of, like again, the kids and chores, if you're resentful because you're doing all the laundry and you're doing all the dishes and you're doing everything, that's a boundary you need to set. So you actually have to use your resentment almost like your GPS, or if you're feeling resentful because your kids keep asking for an extra bedtime story and you're just exhausted. And then you really resent that they're even asking. But if you haven't set a boundary, of course they're gonna ask. So again, I think you use your own resentment to to point you in the direction that you need to address.
0: I love the idea of your resentment is your GPS. That's like a light bulb. So it's like, okay, so obviously it's gonna be different for everybody, Totally. you know. Um, what about for you personally? Like, do you have a certain boundary that you're like, this one can't get crossed?
1: I probably have a lot of those. Um, because I, am, I, I do have pretty good boundaries. I mean, my work-life balance, I'm really good about those boundaries because um, I just being you know, someone who works with parents, I get asked to speak a lot and do a lot. And I also want to see my kids. I could work all, every night. So I think I have pretty good boundaries around um, my work-life. I, I don't even call it a balance. My work-life split. Um, and then I have pretty good boundaries with my kids because I simply don't want to resent them. I want to enjoy them. So I do really let them know what I need and what I expect of them. I mean, I'm sure there are areas where I don't have good boundaries, but those two, I'm pretty good at.
0: That's great. And I think, especially with all this time that everybody's like, oh my word. And I think it's different now because it's, it's not that the kids are home. It's that we've literally, we literally, you can't go anywhere. So Correct. we can't go do play dates and hang out and get our mom time in with our, you know, and, and so as much as they're hurting, you know, we've had multiple breakdowns of, I just miss my friends. And I just, It hurts my heart that they're hurting, Um, but I'm also hurting. I'm a very social person, and I love being around people and giving hugs, and I can't do those things, and so it's just, it's hard. Um, Do you have any advice, even just to me, of how to maybe navigate some of these hard feelings that a lot of people are going through right now?
1: Absolutely. So my first piece of advice is to, first of all, write down all of the things that are hard write down every single one, get it out of your head. Because if you write it down, then you can start to see it as something outside of you rather than something that's controlling you. So what I would do is write down every piece of, you know, anything that's causing you yuck. And then look at that list and say, of which of these things do I actually have some control over? Because we have a lot, we have more control than we realize. Mm -hmm. If you say which of these things, so maybe one of the things that's really causing you yuck right now is that Um, You don't, you can't be with your friends. So you can say, well, I have a little bit of control over this. What can I do? I always have parents change their thoughts from, I can't do anything to, I can do something when. So I can see my friends more when I, you know, set up a, a weekly Zoom call with them, a Zoom meeting with them. I can see my friends more when I have a client who's actually watching sex in the city with her friends cause they have like a group of four or five and one of them had never seen it. So they're like getting together like on Zoom where they're doing watching parties and they never would have done that pre-pandemic. They didn't have time. So they're actually mm. creating opportunities to connect. So you have control. You just have to figure out what are all the things that are causing yuck and take them one at a time, focus on what is in your control and honestly take action. That's it. Action is the kryptonite to yuck. Whenever we start mm. to take action, our yuck
0: decreases. You're throwing in these like sneaky little bombs. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving it. Okay, uh, I hope they're good bombs. Action is the kryptonite to the yuck. Yes, yeah. No, they're good little one liners that would be good for like, you know, the little Facebook, the, <laughs> the little quotes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's talk about how we can get to follow you and know you a little bit better. And maybe before that, if there's anything else you wanted to add, um, now would be probably the time to do so.
1: No, I mean, I, I really think, I don't want to add anything. I just want to reiterate that it's so important that we start with us and and have realistic expectations. And I want to emphasize that changing your expectations doesn't mean lowering your expectations. It just means making them more realistic mm-hmm. so that you can meet them because when you don't, when you have unrealistic expectations, you're almost automatically going to go into yuck. So if you can change your expectations and give yourself, you know, some more focus on what is in your control versus what isn't in your control. And there's a lot that's not right now. I think that can be, make such a difference in our own emotional energy level that we can then interact differently with our kids. So that would
0: probably be the last thing I would say. So it's so spot on. I feel like I could listen to you for hours. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> so much good advice and, and like knowledgeable. It's not just like coming from thin air. It's you, you got the brains behind it. it which well, is it's what? years
1: of working with parents. That's, that's really <laughs> where it comes from
0: and being one myself. So <laughs> yeah, well, that
1: helps. Yeah.
0: All right. So let's follow you. Um, your, what social media handles you.
1: So, well, I have a podcast, first of all. My podcast is called Your Parenting Long Game. Um, And then I am on social media, Facebook and Instagram as Rachel Bailey Parenting. Okay. And then I have a YouTube channel, which you can just search for Rachel Bailey Parenting. Um, And then my website, I mean, I have some free resources on there as well, which is rachel-bailey.com.
0: Awesome. And I know you've been um, a guest on quite a few episodes as well. And so I'm really just, I'm honored and I'm so thankful for your time that you came over to our show and I'm um, so glad to be here. I'm honored to be on your show as well. Thank you. All right. So we will um, put all the things and we'll tag you and do all the fun stuff. Uh, Thank you again. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Amy Williams show. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If that is a yes, please let me know. Find The Amy Williams Show on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or all three of them. It's a great place to reach out and be a part of an uplifting community. It's full of support, motivation, and encouragement for whatever you might be going through. You'll meet new friends, get great content throughout the week, and not just on Wednesdays. The biggest compliment that you can give to The Amy Williams Show is by subscribing either on iTunes if you're an iPhone user or using the Stitcher app uh, if you're an Android user like me. And uh, the other thing you can do is leave a review with your biggest takeaway. Reviews help get guests on the show and sponsors as well. So uh, that's very much appreciated. And also you can share the episodes uh, on your social media because that helps as well. All right. Thanks again. Go out and have a blessed day.